verse uh, 12. Um, if you're in the church Bibles, the red ones, we're on page 1153. So 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and verses 12 through 30. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Thank you, Simon, for, for reading. Keep that open. Um, one other uh, bit of church family news, uh, just to mention. Um, if you get our e-bulletins, you'll have probably picked up on this uh, in the past week, but we, we mentioned there would be a, a service of thanksgiving for the life of Sandra Bearcroft. And just in case you've not uh, picked up on the email last week, that's going to be this coming Wednesday uh, at 2 o'clock uh, here in the church if you're around and able to join us, the family would love you to be here. Um, good to have Philip and Katie here with us this evening as well. Do keep praying for them and the, the rest of the family. They also said it was one of Sandra's wishes that at a service like this, um, you can, in a sense, dress any way you can, uh, want to, but she would have loved, she would love a, a splash of color. Um, 
uh, to be uh, in your clothing on that day. That's just to let you know you're free to do that. And also, in case you'd come and not heard that and wondered why there was a splash of color all over the place, uh, that was Sandra's uh, wish. Um, but two o'clock uh, here in the church as we, as we meet uh, both to, to grieve and mourn and to give thanks to God uh, for Sandra's life. And as we come to look at God's word, let me lead us in a short prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, for this little series that we're doing in, in the evenings. And as we look at this passage, this wonderful, rich passage, help us to hear what you're saying so that we would grow as people who love and follow the Lord Jesus and that our lives would be shaped by him. Uh, we pray in his name. Amen. Uh, so we're still thinking about um, this, this idea of, of Christians being God's uh, gifted people, gifted in all sorts of different ways. And just, I, I thought maybe you can, you can talk with somebody nearby just for a moment. If there's a gift that you don't have that you would like to have, if you could pick one or maybe two, maybe a gift you see in somebody else that you know you don't have, what would it be? Uh, what's the gift you would quite like to have? that you know others have got, but that you don't have. So have a moment just to chat with somebody nearby. What, what's a gift you would like? Be Rachel. Okay, let me break in. Um, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll ask you. All sorts of, maybe, maybe it's administrative gifts, organizing gifts. Maybe it's particular talents. For me, singing and dancing. Uh, I would love to be able to express my inner joy <laughs> through singing and dancing. But it, it is an interesting thing, isn't it? I don't know if you've thought about this. All, often, it's easy to spot the gifts that you don't have that other people have got you'd like and to miss the ones that you do have, um, and almost to um, not value those as much. As we think about this, being God's gifted people, we, we think about a range of things. Last week, we, we saw we're gifted even in suffering, which is maybe a, a strange thing to think about. Tonight, we'll eventually land thinking about gifted with leaders. That, that's where we'll get to. But before we get to, to leaders, Paul here wants us thinking about everyone in the church. You, you'll have picked that up as we, as we went through this reading. Our, our bodies are funny things, aren't they? You, you, 
begin to think about your bodies in, in different ways. Sometimes they're hard to control. Blokes, do you remember when your voice broke? Can you remember back, those of our older, back to those maybe teenage years when suddenly your voice just went out of control? Suddenly it would go unbelievably low for the first time and then screech high and you, you just never quite knew what it was going to do, especially if it happened in school and class. You were asked a question, you'd answer and you wouldn't know the way your voice would work. It's unsettling when, when bodily functions seem to just go AWOL. Most of the time, you don't really notice your body, do you? You're just kind of living your life. You're, you're going on with things. You, you, you don't really notice it. But if, if something goes wrong, it's a toothache, or you stub your toe, you know that feeling, it's so annoying. Suddenly, maybe you get out of bed in the morning, you whack it on the edge of something, and, and that one little part of your body, it just throws everything else into chaos uh, for about with a stub toe, 10 minutes or so. And I think that idea, little parts of the body that throw everything else into chaos, uh, Paul wants us to keep in mind this, this idea of a body with all sorts of little parts. And he, he says, look, if you're a Christian, keep, keep this in mind, we are one church family, one body with many parts. Verse 12, you see that? Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And you listen to verse 13 as he goes on and, and hear the reference to oneness and manyness. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, the one who are many. And he goes on, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink, the many who are one. Difference in ethnic origin, difference in social status. I guess in Cambridge, town or gown, uh, there's differences there. English speaker or English struggler, running your own business or trying to get out of a crummy job. If you're a Christian, you've got equal status here. When you walk through the doors at the front, and when you come into this building, this is your church family, you're meant to know I'm the same as everyone else. Trusting Jesus, equally loved. And when you walk through these doors, on a Sunday or any other time, you're meant to say, I'm different to everyone else. Different experiences, different gifts, different personality. The many who are one and the one church family that's many. In terms of status, we're all the same. In terms of gifts, we're all different. But here's the thing, I think what Paul's getting at is, uh, in the same way that when different body parts don't work well together, you'll end up with a body that is either kind of limps or in some ways is, is uncoordinated. A church family that doesn't know how to get its different parts to work properly will end up limping or being uncoordinated and won't really be able to do what it's meant to do as well as it should. We're one church family with many parts. 
Here's the next thing. That's one thing to keep in mind. We're one church family with many parts. Here's the second thing is your gifts are vital for the health of everyone else. Now, you hear that, and you might say back to me, well, well, you say that, David, and kind of you're, you've got to say that, haven't you? But I don't do very much. I'm not that gifted. I'm not sure I'd say I'm vital. Isn't that pushing it just a little bit? Maybe you're thinking that. And look, if you are, I'm not the one you'll be arguing with. Do you see verse 18? And just have a look at it. Well, Paul writes this. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You hear that? Or you go down to verse 24, and he says this, but God has put the body together. You hear that? We are as a church family, a body of Christ here, but God has put the body together. Quite a thought. The Heidel the Heidelberg Catechism, it's a favorite I keep coming back to, one of the Reformation documents, has this question, it's a series of questions and answers, has this question on day 27, this, what do you understand by the providence of God? And here's the answer. If you can read that, the almighty and ever-present power of God by which God upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And the ups and the downs. And you might think, well, there's There's questions about that when the downs are there as well, but much better, isn't it, to know that we're not living life in a universe that's just out of control. But there is somebody behind it who's good and gracious and is working even through all things. And do you hear that last bit? All things, in fact, come to us, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. If you're a Christian, and thinking in the context of this passage, if you're a Christian, how do you find your way here? How do you find your way to Christchurch? Did a friend invite you? Uh, did you move with work to Cambridge? Did you, did you find us on the internet? Maybe you did a search for churches and Christchurch came up and you thought you'd come along. Uh, maybe you came one Christmas. A few people have said to me, oh, I came for jazz carols and really enjoyed it, and I started coming along after that. It's good to hear those stories. And they are genuine, they they really are genuine, but it's not the only thing going on. There might have been the, been the, the means by which you ended up here, but they're not the reason. They're not the reason. All things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. The reason you're here, Paul says, is because God has placed you here. He wants you here. He's brought you here. He's putting this body together, arranging it with the gifts you've got or the gifts he's going to give. So in order for you, I guess, to be able to say your gifts are not vital, 
Well, I guess if you were going to be able to do that, what, what would you need to be able to do? You, you'd need to be able to know all the details of God's plans. All the ways he's, he's planned to use you. Every friendship you'll have here. Every conversation you might have. Every encouragement you might give. Every way you'll use even the smallest of your gifts. Uh, little Brenda... Uh, was about 50 when I first met her back in my, my church in Sheffield uh, when I was there. Uh, she was born with a, a learning disability. She was, she was really very childlike. Uh, one of her gifts was remembering birthdays, though. She could always remember birthdays, and she used to give you a tea towel uh, for your birthday. Uh, when she met you in the street, she'd always shout out from across uh, the other side of the road, You're right! I'd be little Brenda, remembered your birthday, gave you a tea towel. I never met anyone who didn't like seeing little Brenda. And when she died, the church was filled with people from our church family on that day. And you know, don't you? You know just as well as me how the world often measures and values people. It's not by those kind of gifts, somebody who gives you a tea towel on your birthday, but for our church family, little Brenda made us much, much richer. Supposing you, back to thinking about you for a moment, supposing you, look, supposing you really have, and I don't think you do, but let's just imagine you, you really do. Supposing you have got a gift that's a bit rubbish. We'll just be honest about it and we'll just say, look, in all the gifts, you're right. You're the person with the rubbish one. Uh, you, you've got the rubbish gift. The rest of us can all look on and say, yeah, that's the one. It is pretty rubbish. Um, what does Paul say about that? Do you see verse 22? Um, hear this. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So even if you've got the rubbish one, you're not off the hook. You're indispensable now. So if you feel weak, don't go anywhere. God says, the rest of us, that we really need you. If you're a Christian, if you're someone who says, Jesus is my Lord, and you mean it, you belong to him, he's given you his spirit, and he's given you gifts that God's planning for you to use in a way that will serve others here. But with all these gifts, there's two ways, really, just to think about this evening, two ways you can, to, you can uh, scuffer them. Actually, I don't know what those slides are. They're partly of last week. Is that the next slide, Rachel? Um, can we take those slides off completely? You know when I talked about having rubbish gifts? <laughs> I think mine is PowerPoint. Can we just stop the PowerPoint at this point? Can we take off Proclaim? Obviously, I didn't upload those properly. Let's pretend that didn't happen, shall we? I had some brilliant pictures. The rest of the PowerPoint was going to be amazing. Um, so you just need to visualize it as I talk now, which will be even harder. Um, look, here's two ways. We could pretend even that was planned, couldn't we? To, to show you what it's like to have a rubbish gift. That's, uh, anyway, let's not do that. Look, here's two ways that I think you can uh, scupper these gifts working. And Paul, in fact, Paul says, look, there's two, kinds of, two types of people who regularly scupper the health and life of a church family. It's those, Paul will say, who like to huff 
And those who like to puff, it was amazing pictures that were going to come up at that point. I had a huffer and a puffer right up on the screen, but you'll never see it now. Uh, those who like to huff and those who like to puff. Did you notice them? Here's the huffers. Verse 15. Uh, did you spot them? Here's the huffer. Uh, one of the feet's been talking, uh, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Or verse 16, one of the ears has been talking, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. And you can, you can hear their tone as they, they kind of walk off. They, they say they didn't need me to sing in the music group. Well, fine, if my gifts are not wanted, then off they walk. Look, nobody said that. Nobody said that. It's just, uh, there's not space at the moment. We don't, we don't need anyone else at the moment. But we really do need help with the Sunday clubs, and we really do. Oh, would you lead a home group? Oh, no, I'm not interested in helping that way. That's what I wanted to do. And the thing about those who huff, all they're huffing, it doesn't actually stop them being part of the body. But they end up acting like a, a really big stubbed toe. Sensitive all the time. Everybody's got to be careful around them. And then there's the puffers. Those are all kind of puffed up. Do you see, hear them in verse 21? The eyes being looking over at the hand on the other side of church and saying, well, I don't need you. And the head's been thinking about the feet and laughing about his funny-shaped toes. <laughs> so weird. And you hear the tone in their voice. The small group leader who's thinking, if only I had different people to work with, then we could really achieve something. Or the youth leader who gets annoyed with the mistakes the new guy on the team makes, so in a frustrated way says, look, leave it to me, I'll do it myself. And the thing about the puffed up is they don't stop being part of the body. It's just after a while they end up making other parts feel useless. So they stop wanting to serve. And the thing about the puffed up is often they don't really notice it. They just tell themselves they're the only ones who are, who are doing anything really, the only ones who know how things work. I want not to be like that. We need to be thinking about each other this way. At these people, not those people I imagine, at these gifts, not those other gifts I think I want or would be good. At this church family, not that church family somewhere else that I've imagined will be much better. God's put you and me here and he says he's given his gifts vital in some way for his plans. Our gifts are different. Not all will get used on a Sunday, but the, the gifts will make the body of our church family work the way God's planning have you been asked to serve some way and maybe said no quite quickly? Now, why not say, look, can I ask why you've asked me? Um, do you think I'll be any good? Is there a need at the moment, perhaps, that I've not noticed? Is, is that why you've asked? Have you asked to serve somewhere and been told that there's no need in that area at the moment? But why not be brave and say, but okay, thanks. Do you know anywhere else I could offer to serve? Is there anything else I could do? Are you pretty established here? Maybe you've been here for years, you're doing things. Good thing to think, when was the last time you got alongside someone else and said something like, why not come and help me with this? 
See if you've got some gifts in this area. And a good question for us all to think about, what are you more tempted to be? A huffer or a puffer? What are you tempted more towards? And if you want to be really brave, you can say to a friend or somebody at home, what do you think I'm more tempted to be? A huffer and a puffer or a puffer. And if they tell you, don't huff at them you know, when they say it. Look, that's the, that's the second thing. Your gifts are, are vital in some way for the health of everyone else. And here's the last thing. If you're scribbling notes and you want to do it, the last thing is this. Look, let your gifts be directed by God's words through your leaders. I said we'd get to, to leaders eventually. You might have spotted uh, towards the end of our reading, there's an odd bit. Paul has been making a big thing that, that we're all gifted and all gifts are important and then right at the end he seems to shoot himself in the foot because it looks like he's saying, but there's a hierarchy in church gifts. Do you see that? Verse 27 Let me read it again. He says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. And then he lists lots of other kinds of gifts. My friend uh, Jason was a curate uh, at a church. His vicar was Hugh, actually Hugh who's coming to speak in our church weekend away. And Jason's son asked him once, look, uh, Daddy, I know God's in charge of the church. Then it's Hugh. But who's third? Is it you? Are you third in charge? We kind of like to know, don't we? We like to know who's in charge. How does it work? Who's the boss? Now, you can excuse that in a child. But us thinking that way, it would, be, it would be pretty stupid because you know Paul's not wanting to say some people are better than others. And he doesn't even number the other gifts. Did you notice that? doesn't even number it. It's just these three. And I think we're meant to ask, look, what is it about these ones? Very briefly, apostles... They're the ones who, appointed by Jesus, carried the authentic message about Jesus, the authentic message of the gospel. Prophets, they're the ones God gifted to bring God's word in a way that applied the gospel, it seems. And teachers, these are people God's gifted to teach the truth of the apostles' message. These people have been given the gifts and role in the church to bring God's word. Now, we can all read God's word for ourselves. Today, it's a real blessing. But God has also given gifts to some in teaching God's word. And I think the point Paul's making is not that these people are are more important or better Christians, but their gifts are first in this way only. They will help you understand what God has said and how it applies. So if you want to know who's in charge, I think Paul's saying this, God's word is, and God's word is the one, two, and three. So I think the the point Paul's making is this, let your gifts 
be directed by God's word through your leaders as they help you understand what God's saying. I understand what I'm not saying. I'm not saying church leaders are are allowed to boss you around. They're not allowed to do that. But I am saying church leaders have been given gifts and a responsible role of serving you by reminding you what God says, what God's word says about your gifts generally and helping you apply God's word to some specific gifts and the best way to use them. Church leaders with word ministry are part of God's gift to you. So if you're in a church where there are leaders who aim to faithfully teach you God's word, you're meant to realize that this is another sign I'm one of God's gifted people. He's given me this gift. So if you're not sure what your gifts are or how to use your gifts, grab one of the leaders here that you know and say, can I have a chat about what my gifts are and how I could use them because together, we are God's gifted people. Let's pause there. Uh, Let me lead us in a short prayer uh, before we move on in our service. Uh, Lord Jesus, you are so generous to us. Uh, You've thrown out just all sorts of gifts uh, onto your people to, to bless us in different ways. And you've given us leaders to serve us and to help us think through what your word is saying and how to apply it. Please help us always to make use of these gifts and to recognize what good leadership looks like and help us to grow in our serving of one another. Amen. Uh, We're coming to a time in our service where we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. Um, So... Uh, As I get uh, things ready for that and get the table ready, let's have a moment uh, for just 